Hey, I'm Britton. And I'm Spencer. Since the beginning of 2022, we have been listening to new albums that came out in 2022. And we are here to talk about them. This is Getting New Music and April Oh my god. Wow. April. Here. Ha- happy April, Spencer. Happy April. I mean, happy end of April, really. I mean, yeah. it's almost over. Um, we're currently sitting here at the 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 dog days of April, if you will. You, you know what they say? April showers bring golden showers. Uh and Austin Powers brings May flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They say that. Those are things people say. Yeah. In addition to groovy, baby. Uh, and, and, also, uh, uh, dry buyers bring bread flour. What? In grocery. Oh, okay. That's yeah, a grocery I see, I, that, that was a that was. Some, I, sorry, I grocery got you. That was some you. deep gr- uh, grocery, grocery goth, goth galore. Galore. Yeah. galore. Galore. <laughs> <laughs> I added a G to it because we were, it was grocery goth. You know, I, I I feel like my body, my brain wanted the alliteration, so I was mm, trying I, to manifest that. No in one else did. No just, one, yeah, no one else just did. Just you and your body, Spencer. Just me. And that, that's uh, that's not the only circumstance in which that has been the case. Uh, let me tell you. That sounds rapey. Not how I meant it. <laughs> okay, that's uh, how it sounds. More like a diarrhea sort of situation, but, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, just, but putting that out there but hey anyways we're here to talk about new music as we we have done in the past mm-hmm. uh, we are finding albums to talk about and then bringing them up to each other and being like hey let's listen to this and talk about it yep um i i don't know about you but i try to pick albums that are a mix of like things that i like and things that i'm like this is interesting we should talk about this yeah yeah you know a, a lot of like yeah uh for me it's just like a lot of music kind of that i'm familiar with or artists that I'm familiar with and Mm -hmm. like that I've liked before in their up and coming albums. But also I always try to at least put one, sometimes two albums in there of someone I've never heard of before. Same. And, uh, you know, uh, someone, something I just want to like check out, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Or, or like a a debut album or something like that. We always love a debut album. We do. Yeah, we do. Um, but anyways, Hey, you want to get going? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's dive right in. The first album we have uh, this week to talk about is one that you picked, Britt. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us what it is yeah, when this it is, came out? this is Carpenter Brute's Leather Terror, released on March 31st, 2022. Awesome. Why did you pick this album, Britt? Uh, I mean, I've been a fan of Carpenter Brute since mm-hmm. I heard of him. He's been doing stuff, I think, since like the late 2000s, early 2010s, something uh, like that. Uh, 2012, 2012 actually when okay. he started being active. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, active um, in making his own music, but as I understand it, uh, he is kind of reclusive and doesn't take a lot of credits for what he does. And in as much has been the producer for Death Spell Omega I for almost that. their entire well, career. So that was claimed by Papa Emeritus. No, uh, Tobias Ford. Yeah, Papa Emeritus. Is he? A, is that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's Papa I, Emeritus. <laughs> well, the vocalist from Ghost. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, claimed that. I, I read that too. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I was like, huh, okay. Which which actually makes sense because Deathspell yeah. Omega has great production, and this guy is a fantastic producer. Yeah, and it also makes sense given some of the guests that he had on this album specifically. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he, yeah. He draws I mean, this from, dude is clearly like from deep a lot in of the, the metal scene, not just the metal scene, but just like French and like Northern European music in general. 
Sure. Like he's kind of all up in there. Yeah. Um, he's got like a French singer on here, a Dutch singer, uh, an American singer, uh, a Norwegian singer, uh, a British uh, uh, synth pop group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like tons of cool stuff here. Yeah, uh, go ahead and try to describe what kind of music this is, Britt. So, I mean, this is actually a very diverse album. So it's not just one type of music, but I'd say like the the basis of most of what he makes is metal dark wave, I guess. It's like it's it's soundtracky. It uses a lot of synths, mm-hmm. but it uses a ton of like Guitar samples. What I, I'd say. Well, it, I it, think it's actually just synths that are running through like distortion. It could be is that what too. It sounds like to me. It but could like, be that too. Although he he definitely had like a bassist on the very last track. There's actually real bass on there, and I think there's a couple parts where there might be real there's, guitar. There's also guitar on track eight. Yeah, um, there, there's definitely several parts masquerade, where there's actually yeah. guitars. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm not always sure if it's guitars or just like samples or. You know, it's, synths that are just like heavily distorted. It's and really sound strange. Like it. So, like a lot of this music. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've ever listened to something like Perturbator or Dan Terminus, I was, you probably. I, I was actually going to say it sounds like yeah. almost all the best parts of Perturbator or like Health, I guess, in a way. Health in a way. Yeah, Health in, in a, a way. way. It's like not it, not super health. It, it focuses a lot more. It's not is a well. I guess it is aggressive. It's more soundtracky and also focuses more on melody and catchiness. Have you I'd ever say. listened to Dan Terminus? I don't think so. So no. he's another French electronic artist, okay, much like uh, much. Like Carpenter Brute and uh, mm-hmm. Perturbator, but yeah. he's he's been active since 2014. Mm-hmm. He makes music that's uh, in a similar vein as okay. stuff like this. Nice. Um, and yeah, so it, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like it, some of the songs, the songs kind of vary between like metal with no guitars mm-hmm. or like like heavy like synth wave, like dark synth wave sort of stuff. Right. Like it, it doesn't get too melodic in the uh, way that I, like some synth wave mm, stuff does. It it, but, it depends. I mean the. The album's like super diverse is the thing because there's two songs that are just like super fucking soft. Uh, the one yeah. with Over the one, the and the one with Sylvain Sil- yeah. yeah. are both super interesting and like incredibly dynamic. Yeah, the, the, uh, the song, Over song just sounds like an Over song. It is It is literally it, just like piano. Yeah, like but it, it literally sounds piano just like an Over song, which is interesting. It, in a in a way, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, no, I, sure, yeah, it, it, yeah. Whereas, like the other people he has guests on the album, like their songs don't sound like their songs. You know, they it sounds don't. like well, a I Carpenter mean, Brute take on their songs. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, um, I, I will say this: my favorite song on the album is the last song, the title track, because it's pretty. Good. Let me let me lay it out. Mm, yeah. There's real drums. True. And Real bass the, also. The the bassist and vocalist from uh, Tribulation, Tribulation yep. is on there, which is really cool. I like his voice a lot. Yeah, and so like you I know what that was really rad. That song to me, it like got super symphonic. It sounded almost exactly like um, Cradle of Filth, but in a good way. I could see that. It was like it was like way, Cradle yeah. of Filth, but with better execution. Yeah, really. definitely more more like driving and electronic. Yeah, it got it got super driving, but at the same time, it was like catchy, symphonic, blackendy, deathy kind of aggressive metal that yeah, I can't. Which, which is really wild because, oh. like, again, I, like the, a lot of this stuff is mm. like he programs synths in a way that sounds so close to guitars that, but it's not guitars mm-hmm. that in some cases gave me a sort of like uncanny valley type of feeling. And I think that he's going for that. But I'm not yeah. necessarily saying that is like a bad thing, but like it was definitely weird, especially the first two songs yes. because there's a mm-hmm. lot of that in so, those first two songs. And those first two songs are not necessarily representative of the rest of the album. They're not. I mean, the, the whole album is so diverse that I, I wouldn't say there is anything that is representative of the album, except yeah. 
the, excuse me, the instrumental tracks generally have the same type of like dark wave. They're very techno-y. They're, 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 yeah. I was going to say like dark wave with outrun elements. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's but like, it's like but very, it definitely, like, there's it's definitely almost like, like some... if, if Kavinsky just distorted everything and got a guitarist or something like that. Yeah. 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 There's definitely like another French electronic artist, Kavinsky. True. true. Honestly, one of the people probably responsible for the like synth wave craze. Cause like he was oh, around absolutely. a long time he, before. And I, a lot I remember, artists, yeah. uh, fucking Curtis Vodka showed me yeah, him. Past guest. Curtis yeah. Vodka. When I was probably 17. Yeah. So I, I remember living in Alaska mm-hmm. and ordering a Kavinsky shirt yeah, from that's right. France in mm-hmm. Alaska. This would have been probably 2007. Like, so, I mean, that stuff has been around for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, these are these, this artist in particular is one of the relatively relatively newer artists in the genre. Uh, that being said, I mean, Carpenter Brood is massive. Like, yeah. it's very popular. Oh, 100%. Um, arguably one of the most successful yeah, artists I mean, in, the, he's, in the genre. He's but. been uh, headlining his own, like, big club tours yeah. probably since I've heard of him. He's so come here, like, three he times. He was headlining at the... Uh, the showbox before I had ever even yeah. heard of him. Yeah, like, that's and right. I listened yeah. and that's, to that's a big and I, club. Like, and that's I didn't a, even hear about him until yeah, that, after that's he was like an 800 yeah. capacity club, which is for going yeah. city to city to big clubs like that. You got to be you, pretty big. You are making you're making money. good money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a yeah, successful you're on artist. A big production. Yeah, yeah, for real. Especially if you're just one guy. Like the, if, to put this in context for mm-hmm. people who don't live in Seattle, like the sort of bands that would headline at uh, the showbox are like John Carpenter headlined there. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, like I, we've, I've seen, uh, uh, at the gates played there. Yeah, it, It's like, a, it's like a like, big metal venue. So like, yeah, so not for, always metal, but it's like bigger bands, bigger than a small club. Yeah. But, but yeah. at the same time, it is kind of a metal venue because they never have seating. It's only oh, general yeah. admission, no, no seating. And no. it's, it's almost, I think it's only uh, 21 and over almost all the time. The, no, not typically. Like uh, I've been it's to it's a lot almost of, always. I've, I've well, been they to have those two, one, they have those two bars, right? Yeah. I, I've been to one show that's all ages there, but. I've been to like 50 shows there. That's and a good that's point, one. actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very rare you see an all ages show there. Yeah. But um, um, he's definitely big. I mean, and uh, this album is so. I, I, okay. I've I've never been huge on Carpenter Brute. Uh, yeah. And not, that's not for any particular reason. I, I don't, I honestly have anything negative to say about his music. It's just yeah. like, I kind of, I was kind of burnt out on Synthwave by the time he got big enough for me to hear about him. Right. It, and it, so, it, like, I never really got super into him as a yeah. result. At the same time, I feel like he's doing something slightly different than Synthwave. He's like... Definitely. He, he, he did take, he, like, picked up the mantle of, um, you know, Synthwave and, like, Outlast stuff, but definitely he was one of the first people to just make it straight up like horror soundtrack and like metal. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was one of the first people he, and I think he predated, uh, John Carpenter rebooting his music career. Ooh, I actually don't know about that. Cause that was a while ago. It was a while ago, but I think that was around. I think that was 2012. Well, I'm going to say 2012. Because I saw John Carpenter, uh, he was touring the second one, and that was in 2016. I thought that was 2014, but that was I 2016. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Carpenter Brute, John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but no, for real, like, uh, it's it's interesting. It is a little bit different. Yeah. You're not wrong. And actually, you know what? I, I would compare this a lot to John Carpenter's newest album, except they do vocals in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit more extreme. Yeah, it's a little heavier. Dude, the first track is so good. The first track is, like, straight-up soundtrack work. It sounds like the orcs preparing for war. 
in. Oh, right. Yeah, it does. Actually. It, it's it's yeah. like it's because it's got like that that heavy rhythm to it, mm-hmm. and like a guy in the background that's muffled, but he's obviously making like a a rousing speech mm-hmm. or something. Like it's it's pretty cool. It, you know what it reminded me of is a uh, Vangelis's mask. Oh, what an album! What, what an, an album. album! It's one of my favorite yeah. electronic albums we of got, all time. We got to do a getting old music where we just talk about old music yeah, for a little get, bit. Getting old, a uh, music cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah uh, getting music an old cast. Yeah, or something like that. Uh, but to loop it back to John Carpenter, you are correct. Lost Themes two did come out in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, and Lost Themes actually came out in 2015. Okay, uh, so yeah. yeah, you're right. So, so he Carpenter actually does predate did, that. did predate um, that. That being said, like that kind of makes sense when yeah. we're thinking about the timeline of synthwave because. It, like it gener- generally, like kind of that movement started with Kavinsky and those those right. French artists it, it, around same, like two thousand six. At the same time, it know? also started with John Carpenter back in the eighties. Oh, I mean, 70s. of course. Like, I just mean yeah. like the re the right, exactly. So, the so, so, so it, this you know? is obviously like an homage to John Carpenter, being his name is Carpenter Brute, and he you know sounds similar. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, it's rad. heavier though. Heavier. Yeah, definitely heavier. Definitely heavier. But uh, yeah, I, it's pretty cool. Overall, I think this album yeah. fucks pretty hard. Uh, it reminds me of some of the best parts of Ulver, uh, Perturbator, uh, and recent John Carpenter. Um, sure. Although I think most of the album shines the most with vocals, and I think of the couple I of the agree. instrumentals could be lost, mm-hmm. and the album would actually be better for it. That's actually it's funny that you say that because that was actually one of my thoughts as well. Like, one of my thoughts. The first the, two tracks are awesome, but the uh, there's two tracks in a row. Later in the album, Daystalker and Night Prowler, that yep. I, I, I thought could have just been cut. I lit- didn't, yeah. I actually literally wrote the same note. I yeah. was like, you know, like this would be a much tighter, which would be much tighter as an EP. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it isn't to say that the album is bad. I still think that it's worth listening to, and I yeah. think that's interesting. I think the tracks with the vocals specifically, mm. yeah. especially, and I can't believe I haven't mm. talked about it yet, but especially track four featuring Greg Pusciato of the From Dillinger Escape Plan. It's so and, good. He puts in such a so, melodic performance that I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then he starts screaming. I'm like, I, I. Th- I think I've heard, and then so I checked you, it out. Yeah. Have you ever listened to his solo music? I have not. I didn't know. You, I highly music. recommend. And have yeah. you ever listened to the Black Queen? No. no. So the Black Queen, the Black Queen is his synth pop project, which is like a dark Depeche Mode sort of oh, thing, okay. yeah. where he sings on it, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. His what's interesting though, so he has these two major projects, right? Mm-hmm. He has Dillinger Escape Plan right. and the Black Queen. One, you know, aggressive noise rock, and the other being like synth pop, right? Mm-hmm. His solo music is literally half and half that. Oh, nice. It's like half like aggressive that. like metal songs and half synth pop. Oh, but but not put together like this. No, but literally put together in the same album. It'll be like yeah. it'll be like aggressive noise rock song, okay. synth pop song, huh. another synth pop song, That's aggressive fun. noise song, like oh. It's really wild. I'm a huge fan of that dude. I I mm. really I really like Dillinger Escape Plan, and I also really really like the Black Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, their first album, huge recommend for me. It's yeah. awesome. So when I heard him on this, I instantly because I like I thought the first couple songs were interesting, but I was like not totally sold on it. And the first song with vocals, I thought was like a little like ah was it wasn't quite there. The vocals sounded the way that vocals typically sound in synthwave is where they sound kind of out of place. Yeah, and it it was uh, w- uh, with a band called Gunship. Gunship yeah. It is a British synthwave band. Yes, correct. and so it makes sense that it would kind of just fit like that. And so I thought, but, I thought, but then when the Greg Pusciato song came yeah. on, I was like, oh okay, yeah, exactly. fuck yeah. And, and like, so I don't think they should have led with the Gunship song for the vocal songs. I no. thought they should have definitely done the Greg Pusciato or the one with Persia, uh, which is tracks eight, Lipstick Masquerade. Yeah, that's that, which is super. Like, Poppy. Yeah, it's like really an eighties, cool. basically an eighties mm. pop song, and it's yeah. really cool. It's got an incredible bass sound. On yeah, it. the bass synth is fantastic. Mm. Um, Sounds also, really good. Big shout out! I really loved uh, track ten and eleven together, and they just flowed one into the other. That yes. was the one with Sylvain. Um, 
And it was just a very different take on Sylvain that I've ever heard. What it really sounded like was like Enya doing a song for one of the Matrix soundtracks. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, it was like, it was because the fucking vocal production that Carpenter Brute did on it was super subtle, but incredibly layered. I don't know if you noticed. Mm. I listened to it in headphones. There was at least three vocal layers going on on each side, but they were ambient and mixed down like 20 dB the entire song. Mm. It was like, it was fucking cool. It definitely, like, like my, my note for that song was mm-hmm. spooky, atmospheric synth. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it, yeah. it was spooky for a while, but then when it uh, the vocals actually hit around three minutes, like three quarters of the way through the song, it mm. got like chillingly beautiful. And mm. I, I thought that the only like drawback to the song was like, I thought like the vocals in the center should have been much longer. But sure. then the song after it like flowed directly in and he used a bunch of vocal samples from Sylvain and it sounded it was, really it cool. It was like big epic synth wavy yeah. sort of track. Yeah. And it, it led really well into the final track. And I, yeah. I thought, I thought the album was really well paced except for those two tracks I was talking about six mm-hmm. and seven day stalker night prowler. If mm-hmm. they took those out, it would have flowed way better. And I would have probably given it like a nine out of 10. Sure. But, uh, given that it didn't, I'm going to go with probably a seven and a half out of 10. Good album. Good nice. album. Uh, nice. Not, not great. And I don't think it's his best album. Mm-hmm. However, it probably has his four or five best tracks he's ever made on this album. That's an interesting perspective, and I, I would I would mostly agree. Mm. Um, I enjoyed listening to the album. I didn't think it was perfect, unfortunately. No. Like there are some songs that just really didn't hit for me that well. Yeah, I didn't hate any of the songs. Don't get the wrong idea, mm. but like there were some songs. The highs were much higher right. than the like the mids and lows. You right. know what I mean? I mean, there, like, there, I don't think there was any lows. There was just a couple songs that were mids. There yeah. were mids. Yeah, there were mids. Uh, that being said, I, I did enjoy it. I mm-hmm. would give it three and a half McDonald's hash browns out of five. Interesting. Next song. Next album. Next album. And this is one of my picks. Indeed. So uh, this is analepsy, mm-hmm. uh, which essentially it, translates to it, butt seizure. Okay. I was going to say, is it analepsy? I didn't know. Uh, I, I, I guess that makes I'm, sense. I'm yeah, saying butt analepsy. Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that like when the butt like does the winky wink? Is I guess a, so. Probably. Okay. Any kind of butt seizure. Mm. Uh, but anyways, this is uh, their third album, uh, Quiescence. Mm-hmm. Since Quiescence, and I think they well, they've recorded a lot. This is their first or third full length album, and Correct. oddly enough, this is also basically an entirely new band. Oh uh, yeah, the, the I only mean, it is, well, no, not necessarily. The, so it, it's the, the same drummer and rhythm guitarist. New no, lead no. guitarist and vocalist and new bassist. Uh, they got a brand new drummer. This is a studio drummer for this album, if I'm not mistaken. It, he's the drummer that played on their previous two albums. Yes, but uh, uh, he's not with them anymore. Though. He's not with them, but he did play on this album. Right. I looked it up. So, yeah, but so so they, okay, so. Yeah. All right, I wasn't aware of that. But yeah, so, um, well, so for full-length albums, the only person who's on this album that's still in the band is the rhythm guitarist. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and I have to assume probably main songwriter. He, he has like, to be. It because, has to be. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I can definitely say about this album is it is, I mean, it's, so it's slam mm-hmm. death metal. Yes. Actually, uh, why don't, why don't you explain like yeah. your backstory with this? Totally. Album? And, and have um, you listened to this band before all that? Yeah. So uh, I have listened to this band quite a bit. Um, I was introduced to this, to this, not, well, I can't talk today. I was introduced to this band uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I heard their album from 2017. Um, I actually forgot to write down the name of it, but 
I think it's atrocities of something origin or something like that. I, I don't you know. can you can just throw like four, you know, words with like eight syllables in them each. Totally. That's, that's well, well anyways, album. like I heard that album and I got super into it, and I ended up listening to their first album quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that second album though is fantastic. I actually remember showing it to you at the time, and you were like, "This production is fucking awesome." And the production and, shines on this. Yeah, the production totally. is so good. Well, so I got a, I got to be a really big fan of this band because like they write like simple, catchy slam songs mm-hmm. with like really heavy riffs and like. It's just really quality death metal. Like mm. it's it's catchy. It has nice clean production, but it doesn't sound too like Pro Toolsy or anything like that. It just sounds nice and big and clean and huge. And they just write cool songs. And I got really into those first two albums, and I was really looking forward to this one. Mm. And in listening to this one, I I really enjoyed this one. I it, I don't know if I'm gonna call it my favorite album of theirs yet, uh, but I like it. I I feel like it's a little different though than the the one before this one. Mm-hmm. It is uh it is a bit less melodic. Uh the riffs are not quite as catchy in every song. That being said, there's some pretty great slamming moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um and the guitar solos have taken like a big leap. Uh the guitar solos are are much more impressive. The on guitar this solos album. are pretty good. Unfortunately, there's only like 3 of them on the entire album. They are pretty cool, though. They are pretty cool. They're, they're like pretty nice the, melodic the is, solos. Yeah, I, I will say, listening to this album, the first thing that was apparent to me is I'm like, I think all of this music was written by the worst guitarist in the band. Because, like, there's so little space for anything but riffs most of the time. Sure. The, uh, this album is very, I mean, it's standard, brutal slam Mm-hmm. But they kind of just like t- push everything. They elevate everything. So the agree. production is amazing. It's really nice. The musicianship is better than average for slam. Uh, better than average for death metal, I would say. Yeah, like, yeah. They're very tight. They're, they're very like, tight. Uh, the drummer, especially the drummer yeah. and the bassist is very good too. Very, very good. The bass actually took a big step up on this album, I think, like, yeah, compared well, to the yeah, th- previous this is, one. Yeah, this is uh, this yeah, bassist's first bass thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's only been in the band since 2019. Yeah. Uh, so he's generally new to the band. Um, yeah. I liked the techie elements they had in there occasionally. I didn't feel like there were enough though. They didn't. They, well, they've I, never been that kind of band. Exactly. Though, and so, and so, I guess like for me, I mean, slam, brutal slam, kind of peaked to me in like the early two thousands. You know. Okay. Uh, you know, you got like so, like destroy you, the opposition. Destroy the opposition. Yeah. Uh, once was not. That kind of stuff. Sure. You know, um, and so if you're not doing anything new with it, like if you're not adding anything to it, there was there was a couple times where they added like maybe like metalcore elements here and there and did like breakdowny stuff, which was pretty cool. And sometimes mm-hmm. they went pretty melodic, yeah. but they didn't, nothing pulled me in. It was very sterile and everything was very well executed, but I didn't find anything super interesting. I can understand that perspective. Like, it, it it sounded to me a lot like uh, the Whisper Supremacy from... Oh, dude, Whisper Supremacy slaps. It, I will does, stand that exactly, album. It, like, it does, exactly. It's so, so good. It, it sounds like that, but po- more polished, and I dislike that it's more polished. It's not as sloppy and I guess like punk, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, so... Here's no. the thing. I, I actually I agree with and, all that. And uh, you then, know, oh, one more thing too. Yeah. The vocals. Mm-hmm. The vocals were so fucking boring to me. Interesting. As, as a vocalist and as someone who does like extreme vocals, the dude is a good vocalist and he has good gutturals, but that's all he did. And mm-hmm. like at this point, after hearing like you know like modern brutal death, like like Disentomb, like Disentomb's vocalist, sure. yeah. 
has a very similar voice, mm-hmm. but the effects and like the yeah, atmosphere that they use in a different, different exactly. way. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And, and it, it, like, I don't know, it gives mm-hmm. me a much bigger sense of like atmosphere and doom. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that more. Um, I will say yeah. asking for variety and, and whatnot in a slam album is kind of like asking for a salad with your McDonald's Happy Meal. It, it is no. at, at like, the same it's time. Like, it's it's not what the genre is for. It, it can be though. Like it can there, be. There's sometimes you know like there are brutal and tech bands who mm-hmm. you know like Severed Savior will yeah. just do like a jazz part out of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. And shit that's like true. that. And that's, like you're not wrong. And you know. And not so wrong. at this point, if you're just making good brutal slam, I'm not really interested. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because there's there's nothing new there, and in a genre that kind of peaked to me at least mm-hmm. in the early two thousands, and to a lot of people. I mean, I'd say probably even the guys in these bands in this band would be like, yeah. I mean, the best brutal slam was made, you know, fifteen twenty years ago. I mean, I don't know. I the, I so this is a genre like slam mm-hmm. specifically is a subgenre of death metal. Mm-hmm. That I have gotten into within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always like appreciated bands on the fringe of that, like we mentioned before. You know, bands like Severed Savior and like uh, Decrepit uh, Decrepit Birth. De- the, um, yeah, this also kind of reminds me of like new Decrepit Birth or Defeated Sanity, things like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I've always appreciated bands on the the fringes of that, but bands that like adopt and like really get into the moniker of slam has been mm. something that I've gotten into recently. And the genre is in an interesting place because um, there's a lot of bands just kind of doing the same. Like you mentioned, right. there's a lot of bands that just kind of like put out the same album every couple of years. Here's looking at ingested bands like that. No. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I do appreciate, like you mentioned, you know, bands that do kind of push the genre mm-hmm. into something a little bit different. I don't necessarily think that that's what this band is doing or what they're trying to do. No, no, I, I mean they're I, not necessarily. They're, they're, I, I'm they're not tr- saying that that's yeah. an invalid criticism. They're, they're, I'm just saying like I don't think that this album uh, uh, comes across to me as like they're a band that's really extremely solid, yeah. writing extremely solid material, and they're executing very, very well. Yeah, uh, and to that their credit that elevates them from a lot of the other bands in the slam sub genre. True. Right I mean, now. It, it, they're like, uh, if everyone in devourment was a better musician <laughs> is the best way I okay. can describe them. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, really devourment they're, slaps. They're, they're pretty I, good, but I, I mean, they're, I'm, I'm they're just, you know, they're, they're a slightly above average slam, but they are, they are sloppy. If you're talking about like, you want to hear a sloppy slam band, like that's, and that, that's, that band that's actually kind of what I like is you like, know, and I, I actually agree. I, I just do like, like that. Yeah, like, Lord worm era, like, you know, blasphemy made flesh is mm-hmm. one of the best slam albums because uh, it's so sloppy. It is, it is the basis is just like, bam, 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 like pulling the strings off the bass the entire time. You, it's so good. You do love to see that. And I always love it when slam bands, like the, the snare just sounds like a, the sort of like ball that you use for dodgeball. And it's just like ping, 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 ping. Yes. Like yeah. I, I kind of I love that in my slam and I love it mm. to sound like nasty. This doesn't sound nasty. It doesn't. But it's it's still like they're kind of doing their own thing because like also they're moving away from some of the like the tropes of the genre, right? Like they're moving yeah. away from like the whole like anti-women bent about it. Like all of the lyrics on this are all just like sci-fi nonsense. Okay. Like it's not about that kind of stuff. And I, I appreciate that they're like doing something different with that and they're also doing something different with like their album art and mm. like what they're 
sound is essentially and and i, I think that's cool you i mean, know i still like this band a lot let's be honest though the the album art is not anything new okay you're right this is this is a new. the faceless or <laughs> decrepit birth it album does, art from 15 years ago it 100 looks like, like, right, right. like you're like me really there. come on that's not you new got at me all. there i got i got i got wrapped up in what i was saying uh, it's yeah, cool you it's got, cool i got you i got you no you're 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 right though but, but I mean, it's they, cool album art. It's just like I guess not new. What I, what I meant is in in Slam specifically, you know, as opposed to putting gore on their cover, they're putting this a is, black hole. This is a Slam, uh, brutal Slam band that I feel like mostly listens to Tech Death. Sure, I and, can see and that. hopefully they kind of move that way because I mean, this album is definitely, their new guitarist is good. This this album is definitely mm-hmm. more technical than their last. Yeah, so and, they, it's possible that they continue to move in that direction. I feel like they probably will. Yeah, and, and hopefully their guitarist, because their new lead guitarist is also their vocalist. So hopefully, he, like, starts yeah. doing songwriting and stuff like that. Yeah, I would be really interested to hear. It. But anyways, um, oh, uh, uh, one more thing that we didn't mention here: uh, this album was released on April fifteenth, twenty twenty two. And although he's not credited with production at all, the album was engineered, mixed, mastered, and recorded entirely by one guy named Miguel Torreso, his, hmm. who is known for producing Bizarre Cult. So I'm calling him the producer even though he's not credited because he did literally everything technical behind this album. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I feel like it's kind of unfair because, I mean, a producer really is the leader technically and creatively. And although he might not have led this album creatively – Obviously, he did everything responsible for actually getting this music on a record. 100%. I'm here for that. You know. So let's rate it. What do we got? I'm going to go ahead and give this one a uh, solid 7 out of 10. It was was good. Nice. Um, It's a good example of the genre. If you like Brutal Slam, I would recommend this album. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, if you like Brutal Slam, there's about three or four albums like, that come to my mind immediately that I definitely recommend more, like Disentomb's last album, The Light Something good. Something. Yeah. And, it, their, and their yeah. first album as well. It was really, really good. I don't good. know if I've even listened to that one. I would recommend it. I like it a bit more than their most recent one, but okay. uh, they're, they're does, really good. Does it have yeah. like the same huge atmosphere? Yes. And, okay, I like that. Because that's, that's what I like about it. And mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that kind of drew me back on this is it like it sounded very studio-made. It does. Which it is does. It's cool in a way, but I have kind of, you know, as a musician and as someone who does a lot of recording, like, I'm kind of tired of, like, the, the completely noise-gated metal sound. Sure. No, I, oh. I completely understand that, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's good for some things, and, like, you can't have, like, uh, tech death that's not completely noise-gated. However, at the same time, if, if well, you want to do... you can. You, it's called Defeated Sanity, and or, it sounds d- disgusting. Yeah, I or, love it. Or, or I guess like some cryptopsy. You can yeah, have no, that, for, but for at the same thing, time, yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's something different. Well, anyways, I have yet to hear another Slam album this year that mm-hmm. has appealed to me as much as this one has. And based on my history with the span and how much I like them and how much I like the genre, I enjoyed this one quite a bit, and I'm still going to listen to it a lot of times. So I'm going to give it four Boss Metal Zones out of five. Oh, wow. Definitely Metal Zone. Definitely Metal Zone. Speaking of which, moving on, here's our next pick. Britt, you want to tell us what it is? This is Wet Leg by Wet Leg, uh, released on April 8th, 2022. On Your birthday. Re- yeah, on Domino Records. Um, yeah. The album was produced by Dan Carey, not Danny Carey from Tool. 
Um, Dang. But he's uh, the producer most recently of uh, Black Midi, Franz Ferdinand, wow. and Bat for Lashes. So I'm not familiar with that last one. Bat for, uh, she's a British singer. She's really good. If you like hmm. Goldfrap and stuff like that. I do like Goldfrap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice. Or uh, maybe Churches a little bit, that kind of stuff. Okay. You know, no, like, I'm not huge on Churches. Yeah, more, more Goldfrap, though. I did tell you no. I saw Churches. Yeah, yeah, we talked about, we talked okay. about it on an episode, okay. Spencer. All I've right. seen them, too. Okay. They're pretty good. It's whatever. Right. You were super drunk. No one cares. I didn't uh, get that drunk. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of the fucking other show you went to where you got slammed, the fucking uh, Green Day. Oh, I got yeah. so drunk yeah. at Green Day. Holy shit. Um, Anyways, any, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, so this entire album was recorded in April 2021, over a year ago, um, before the band had ever played live. Yeah, the band was formed in 2019. Yeah, and it's just two girls, yeah. uh, Rian Teasdale and Hester Chambers, uh, mm-hmm. two British ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, so my background with this band is, um, I was hanging out with someone and driving in their car and their first single, Chaise Lounge or Mm -hmm. Chaise Lounge, uh, like Mm -hmm. started playing and I'm like, huh, this is fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique. It's nothing like musically impressive or anything, but I'm like, this is a fun, silly song. And Mm -hmm. That's kind of the entire the album. The entire album is fun, silly songs. Exactly. That's it's literally like, yeah, the, yeah, note, it's, the notes that it, I have it, about It's girl it, yeah. rock. Like, if you like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like uh, some girl Riot girl stuff, a little-ish. Yeah, a little-ish. A little-ish. Yeah. It's got some of that sass to it. Uh, mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, it's just like solid girl pop. Like, yeah. maybe the Breeders mixed with, uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, Au Revoir Simone. No. It's a really good modern band that mm-hmm. I'd kind of compare them to, but they're more like synth-based than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just like two girls playing simple guitar parts cool vocal melodies, very funny, sarcastic lyrics. And some fun driving bass lines. Yeah, and no song is longer than like three and a half minutes. Which is nice. Yeah. The whole, it was like refreshing, the, the honestly. 12, I yeah, was the, like, the 12 song album was like 31 minutes. And I'm like, thank God. Yeah, I think I thought it was 37 minutes. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was uh, a little yeah, longer. It was, that, wasn't, no. that, wasn't that long. Nah. And like, uh, the songs are fun, mm-hmm. like surprisingly so. Like a yeah. few of them I was like, oh, this is this is really good. Yeah. Like they're they're very simple songs, mm-hmm. but they I don't see. Here's the thing: mm-hmm. there's an album we're going to talk about later that I'm going to criticize for being too simple. But this one, I don't think that it's simplicity. I think its simplicity is one of its strengths. Mm-hmm. I feel like the songs are very intentionally simple. Like yes. they're 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 structured well, as a way to put focus on what is most important, which is the fun lyrics and vocals, yeah, exactly, and like the catchiness of the songs. Mm-hmm. And they, that is absolutely pushed to the forefront in mm. every possible and, way. And so I think, yeah, they definitely hit the nail on the head of mm-hmm. what they were going for with this record. Yeah. It's not like my favorite genre or a genre I even really listened to ever. Yeah. But at the same time, the production was solid. Yeah. The songs were fun. Um, I'd say there was at least like three or four standout tracks on here. Obviously, uh, uh, Shay's Launch is super fun. Yeah. Wet Dream was super fucking funny. Oh, yeah. It was a song yeah. about like a guy jerking off because he couldn't hook up with the girl from the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Track 9, there, uh, there's a fun... Oh, oh no. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. super fun. Which is a fun song. Mm-hmm. And like, oh. it's like there's a there's a lyric in there that's just, you're so woke diet coke yeah yeah that and was I, a fun i, I like that i was like oh that made me smile i'm gonna write that down yeah that's fun uh my favorite song on the album was uh track eight your mum yeah it was just quirky a synthy little weird song mm-hmm. and it was it was just like silly fun uh which is the whole tone of the album like yeah if you like silly fun girl rock i would 100 percent recommend this yes this is totally. this is a damn good album this is a this is a very 
well put together pop album. I feel like it's the sort of stuff that like if I was to hear this, if this if this gets really really big, mm-hmm. and I hear this like at the mall or whatever, yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad that they're playing something like this, as right. opposed to some of the other pop uh, music. As, a, as opposed mean? to Arcade Fire. Oh my God, I know, right? Yeah. Every Fucking time I hear Arcade, arcade Fire, Fire, I want to light an Arcade Fire wherever I am. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set myself on arcade fire. Yeah, self-immolation. Right? Like yeah, that, exactly. that guy in front of the Supreme Court this week. Yeah, <laughs> who like it was confusing as to figure out why he did that. Like it wasn't. Like, he was he was very clear about it. The media is just like, uh, let's just report this really poorly. Yeah, it was very poorly reported. Mm-hmm. It was. Speak. Uh, so yeah, overall, I would actually give this one. This might be my album of the week. I'm giving this one an eight out of ten. You Even know, though it's not my thing, they executed it. Like perfectly, yeah. And so, like, I I can't. It even though it's not my thing, I respect exactly what they did and exactly how much they hit the nail on the head with this. You know what's interesting is, mm-hmm. yeah. In this circumstance, I feel like we are perfectly aligned. That is exactly how I feel about the album as well. Um, it is not my thing, but this is a circumstance in which I feel like my biases maybe do it justice because, like, because I don't listen to this music. I don't have the back catalog of this sort of stuff to like compare it to and thusly be like critical of it for mm-hmm. just like based on purely like what it is and me listening to it based off of the music I already listened to. Like I felt like it was a extremely solid, especially yeah. for like a debut album. Yeah. Like it's extremely uh, good. Aesthetically. Feel, it's, it's aesthetically, like it, it is like oh. they absolutely hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. for what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the fans of music like this, I feel like I, I, I obviously can't speak for all of them, but like, I feel like they're probably going to, react very very well to oh, this they have and this band this is, is yeah this band is going over big like they have several viral videos this band is going to play this band is going to headline the capitol hill block party oh, they in are. some number of years yeah like that two, is two years it is two years at happen. most yes two like, years at most i feel like if uh like whatever they're, the, they're gonna be a bumper shoot next year i, I bet whatever in the, like one of the not the main stage but close whatever the 2022 equivalent of uh american apparel is going to use this band's music in their marketing. And they, it's going oh, to be very God, successful. You're right. Yeah, this is going to be so. F- I'm surprised I haven't heard this on a commercial yet. This is, I feel like it's very commercial ready. Oh uh, yeah, it, it like is. For it sure. is super licensable. And that's not super that, that is not a criticism. That no. is a that is a compliment. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. It, it is more difficult than you might imagine to make music that is commercially like that has this much commercial potential. And yeah. to that to that credit, I would give it a give it a solid four. Caramel Macchiatos out of five. I think that might be the first time we've had the same rating on an album. It's possible. Um, yeah, it's possible. This, this this album is not my thing, but if it is your thing, yeah, listen to it. I'm I'm probably going to go back and listen to at least like yeah. three or four of the songs. It's it's a uh, it's not my thing, but it's one of those things that if it came on, I'd be like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'll listen to this. It's chill. It's interesting enough. Yeah, but you know what is kind of my thing? Our next album. Uh, yeah, so, uh, this is one of so, my picks. So, so, I need you to tell me how the fuck you found this album. Oh my album. god, I can't wait Because this, you. this was literally harder to find than any album I've ever suggested, and I've suggested really? some hard uh, albums it's on to a, find. It's on Apple Music, so I would assume oh. that it's on Spotify. I um, don't use Spotify anymore. It's, it's, it's Apple it's, Music. It's not on YouTube Music, though, which ah. everything's on YouTube Music. YouTube yeah. Music has a library three times as big as Spotify and Apple Music, so it's that like... That makes sense. Yeah. Well, so, okay, I wanted to come to the table with something that wasn't just another fucking metal album. Yeah, I appreciate it, because, like, for the last few weeks, I've been like, oh, three more metal albums, okay. Well, you know, and it's like, I, you know... There's three more bands that are nothing but white dudes. Excellent, Spencer. Well done. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, 
I want to pick stuff that's interesting. I want to pick stuff that's also like somewhat within our tastes or either like that or way outside of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really wanted to come to the table with some kind of jazz thing. So what I was doing is I was looking through jazz new releases that on is Apple the, Music. That is a perfect description of this album. It is definitely some kind of jazz thing. Yes, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so I was I was scrolling through new releases of jazz albums on Apple Music, right? Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a song from each of them. I was just hanging out on my couch like with my cat, just smoking a joint, listening to these different jazz songs. <clears throat> I'll leave it in the burp. Um, cool. So I, I listened to probably a dozen different songs from a dozen different albums, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all, I shit you not, literally every single one of them, piano, drums, and bass. That's yeah. it. Piano, drums, and bass. Okay. And I was like... Yeah, it's, it's either that or sometimes, you know, the bassist is replaced with a saxophone player. That yeah. is that is all of modern jazz. It's all fucking trios. So yeah. I listened to, the, I was listening to all this stuff and I was like, you know, I'm sure all these musicians are great and I'm sure that like they're, they're masters of their rel- relative crafts, mm-hmm. but I don't want to listen to an album that's piano, drums, and bass. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm, no, just, I'm well, not feeling well, well, that. Hold up, hold up. There is one band I always want to listen to that's just piano, drums, and bass. Bad Plus? The Bad Fucking Plus. Um, Knew the, it. The best jazz trio of all time that's that's true but i'm talking okay i'm talking about artists i've never heard right right right, and like it's it's or even ones you have heard like i don't need another winton marsalis album because they've been the same since 1995 i don't need another ben folds album um so here we are um anyways like i'm listening to these artists and i'm like you know i just am not feeling that right now i don't think i'm gonna have interesting things to say about piano drums and bass Mm -hmm. i want something that sounds different yeah i found this album and I clicked on one of the songs, and I was like, what the fuck? There's no sound. Nothing's playing. Was it the and first song? Hold on. Song? Hold on. Yeah. So I scrubbed forward a little bit and then was greeted with what sounded like the jazz equivalent of grindcore. And I was like, all Not right. quite. All right. Okay. Yeah. But that was what piqued my interest. And I was like, yeah. okay. So I saved the album. I was like, I'll listen to it the next day. Anyways, this album is by an artist named James Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the name James and the word zoo put together. James zoo. He's a, uh, his real name is Mitchell van Dinther. He's a Dutch keyboardist. And this album's called blind. This is his third album released on March 11th, 2022 on brain feeder records, brain, which is a great name for an album, right. uh, album t- or sorry, record label. Ooh, um, uh, one fun thing. Uh, yeah. so it was released on 140 gram vinyl and the vinyl, uh, this is your favorite release ever because the, the vinyl also includes a custom 78-card tarot deck. What? Made by the same artist that did the album art. I really like the album art. Yeah. That's yeah, but, weird. But a, a vinyl with a tarot deck is probably this your favorite thing ever, right? This doesn't seem like that kind of album. Like, I listen to it and I'm like... What? This... Let's, tell me, Spencer, what kind of album does this seem like? Because um, I have trouble describing it. Yeah. Uh, so, James Zoo describes mm. his music as, quote, naive computer jazz. And that's how I would describe this album. You know you know what I would describe it as? What? It is the most detached jazz music I've ever heard. Yeah. It's nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. It is really cool. It is a, it is a challenging listen at I, points. I actually, so my first, my, my wrap up, uh, the first sentence says, this was a fucking challenging album. Yeah. And you know I like a challenging album. I know you do. And that's why I thought oh. it would be interesting to talk about. Because, like, I listened to this and I, I made it all the way through in my first listen. That being said, 
I was tempted to change it a few times. It be, because, like, there's some weird decisions here on this album. It, mm-hmm. is, it is chaotic and noisy, and it's a mix of, like, ambient music and noise and like avant-garde noise and and, and also jazz oh, tech piano tech piano tech yes piano so um, interesting thing uh although he does play a lot of keyboards and plays the Rhodes piano on a lot of this album mm-hmm. um the actual acoustic piano is entirely a disc levier which oh, is a motorized piano a midi controlled piano that's yeah. tight yeah that's and tight. so and so that's why like uh, you know, in like track two, a Bugatti etude, a uh, chaotic. It's song. incredibly chaotic, but the piano is just like it's fucking, so fucking playing fast. so fast yeah. and playing crazy chords all over and the it's place. Like, yeah. It's like it's like piano sweeping kind of. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next song is just a minute of noise and nothing else. Yeah, and then it goes into an electronic song where everything uh, ends by being tuned a couple cents down, so it sounds mm-hmm. like the music is melting. Yes. Like he yes. does so many interesting things on this album. It is a, yeah, it is an album that is interesting in a lot of different ways. It's interesting right. like compositionally, mm-hmm. but it's also interesting from a production standpoint. There's yeah. a lot of like weird stuff done there and it feels very intentional. Right. There's a lot of like abrupt starts and stops. Very um, staccato. Just, yeah. To speak to like its challenging nature, there's a lot of starts and stops. There's a lot of like atonal passages mm-hmm. and ambient passages that are just thrown in there all of a sudden. There, there's a song where it's just a, a vocal sample of a guy talking and him playing Rhodes piano along to that. And mm-hmm. so when the guy's like, hey, what's a beef about the war? The Rhodes piano goes, dun, 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 which is like yeah. super fun what's and the, weird. What's the name for that kind of stuff? There's I don't a, know. There's, there's like a, a musical term for it where it's like, it's like music. It's like a French term or something. I don't know, but like a lot yeah. of drummers and stuff do it on YouTube and mm-hmm. a couple of guitarists and that's always super fun, but mm-hmm. I've never heard it done quite this way with jazz piano and it was really yeah. fucking fun. So yeah, this album is a challenging mm. listen and I, I, I mean that God. in a serious way. Yeah. That being said, when it hits, there are some songs on here that are fucking amazing. Yeah, there there like, are. It is it, like especially like hit the drum. I, I assume drum programming because I it didn't sound no. like drum programming no. when I listened to it. But like a, I, I guess I have to assume it, it is. It's not drum programming. It's uh, not. Okay. So so there are two drummers uh, listed on this album. Um, in the song that you're probably thinking of, where you don't think there's a drummer, is the song for drummers and guitarists. Oh, I I didn't even look at the album, uh, the song titles. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, that's the song that starts off with like just guitar like crazy hi hats. No, it's, it's no, okay. it's just like well, it starts off with just guitar chords, and it's okay. like really mellow guitar chords, and then drum breaks happen over it that oh, okay. are super yeah, yeah. overcompressed and super yeah. loud. It almost sounds like I don't know, like a early square pusher type thing. It does. There's That's a couple, the weird thing. Like this album straddles oh. a lot of lines mm-hmm. between like ambient noise. Jazz and IDM and like free jazz, most like, specifically. Yeah, literally free jazz, fr- like avant-garde yeah. fucking free jazz. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, this artist apparently is bigger than I thought. Um, because like I looked into really? them and like they just played a uh some date in Europe with Health, oh, like which is a wild combo. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like a killer show, but you know, so, I don't know. So you know what this album is? Tell me. This is the album that plays mm-hmm. in the head of a dog when you give it a ton <laughs> of Ritalin. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck this is going like on? This sounds like DXM dog to me. It could be. It's just like there's yeah. so much going on, so yeah. many different influences. More than anything, I think it's an awesome proof of concept of like, you know, what you can do with recording. Yeah. It's, it's not an amazing contiguous album track for track, but as a whole – 
as like an artistic statement, this is super interesting. It's not an album I'm ever going to listen to again. Yeah. But uh, probably not me either. No, yeah. I, I enjoyed listening to it. Though. Same. And, and I, I, was I like, felt like, you know what it felt like after mm. I finished it? It was like reading a book. Yeah. Like, like, like a, reading a like a complicated very, book. Yeah. Read, read a like long a, book. Reading like a, a fucking Russian novel from yeah. the 1800s. This is a Do- Dostoevsky motherfucker. Dude, right? this shit is Dostoevsky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it was difficult to get through. But the like the parts that were interesting were so interesting that it kept yeah. me listening because right. I wanted to hear more of them. It was it was a challenge, but it was a I challenge. Said, but like, I like a good challenge. I I do too, oh. and like I, I appreciated it for that. It's right. a weird fucking nonsense work, mm-hmm. but I, and, I I appreciate weird nonsense. Yeah, and, and I'm straight up going to steal probably a yeah. few of the recording techniques that he used because this yeah. is a this is a producer's album. This is a re- is. Uh, album recorder's album more than this, anything. This is an album to listen to in the highest possible audio quality on the best sound system Absolutely. you can. Absolutely, yes. I listened to it in lossless, uh, and it was it nice. was cool. Cool. It was cool. It was weird. It's very dynamic. Keep yeah. that in mind. Speaking of lossless, uh, I, need, I need to... Wh- let's finish up here. We got to sure. rate it. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're what right. do you got? Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. It was... Nice. It was a challenge... I'm not going to listen to it again, but I respect exactly what he was going for. And I think he nice. hit the nail on the head of what he was going for, but what he was going for is not for anybody. Yeah, I wonder who it's for, honestly. Right. I, 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 it, it's, it, it, it's extremely well-crafted music. But I think it's I, for the guy who only eats oil that you had at your Christmas party that one time. <laughs> Okay. It's oil music. Uh, yeah, sure. I to, to that credit, I would give the album three and a half microwave burritos out of five. Fair enough. Uh, I think it is a uh, frozen or pre-thawed. Frozen. Okay. Okay. Uh, it it is a microwave burrito that you have to microwave for a minute, flip it over, microwave it for uh, another minute, just those. to make sure that you don't have a cold spot in the middle. Right. Like. Like a challenging burrito, this is a challenging listen. <laughs> that being said, I did really appreciate it for what it was, too, I it was think. Cool and like, yeah. I will definitely listen to whatever this artist puts Bingo. out next. Exactly. I'm not like, going to listen to this album again, but I'll listen to all this guy's definitely, albums. Definitely. Like, well, I will once. definitely <laughs> listen to the whatever he puts out again. Like, it, I think it's interesting enough to, oh, yeah. to keep in mind. And um, I want to hear this artist collab with somebody. Like, hearing him do, like, a remix of someone I think could be really cool. So uh, his previous album to this uh, is just him playing with an entire orchestra, which is really good. All right. I'd recommend checking that out. All right. I listened to a bit of it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. So moving on. Mm Mm-hmm. Up next, we have one of your picks. Britt, tell us about it. Next, we have Vince Staples, Ramona Park, Broke My Heart. Released on April 8th, 2022. Your birthday! birthday! On um, Motown Records and Blacksmith Records. So I've been listening to um, Vince Staples kind of off and on since, kind of since he like kind of came out. Like um, back in 2015, he released a single called Senorita, Uh which has been on like every single one of my playlist sense like it's such a fucking banger song nice uh and that was on his album uh, summertime 06 he had a really good one after that called um big fish theory and then after that he did one called fm which was a cool concept album about him like uh taking over a radio station airhead style huh which is really cool okay that's fun um so yeah, there's 23 different producers on this album. So I'm yeah. not even gonna. I was like, touch that. I was looking at that too, and I was uh-huh. like, damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this was a pretty cool album. Um, it's not my favorite of his. It's uh, 
by far the least aggressive thing he's ever done. And in uh-huh. as much like it almost feels like lackadaisical or uh, lackadaisical in a way. It, it's, it's like very like down tempo. It is so like, down tempo and it is yeah. so subdued for him. For a rapper that in the past has made some really aggressive stuff, it actually surprised me. At the same time, like hmm. I appreciated it because it was something entirely different and he really changed up his flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, his subject material is still much the same. You know, a lot of it is about like being in gang life early in life and getting out of that. Mm-hmm. And then he also raps about bitches as money, and bitches and money, as you do. As, as you, you do. do. I mean, as that's, you do. That's and in as much required. like, I yeah. think the best song on the entire album uh, was track nine, Paper Cuts, mm-hmm. uh, which was just an awesome, like, understated song about making money. And mm-hmm. it was super fucking catchy. Yeah. Um, I had never listened to Vince Staples before. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, that name has been floating around for quite some time. Yeah. So, like, I've heard it in the ethos, but I've not listened to this particular artist before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting that it, like, because his, his style doesn't necessarily sound like this sort of production would fit. Right. And because, then, like, in listening to it, I was like, this sounds like he should be rapping over more, like, trap kind of stuff. And he, or, he like, usually more does. more aggressive He almost always has. And so this was a huge switch so, like, for his style. Yeah, hearing him rap over these, right. like, R&B-esque mm-hmm. beats was definitely different. I feel like it, it worked, though. It I mean, did. My, it, my only real criticism of it is that the songs are very similar, or they're, they're very similar in production. They are, Despite which is strange. Despite there being so many producers, yeah. like yeah. The, the production is somewhat... I'm not saying that every song sounds the same. Obviously no, no, but, that, but basically every like, song is very, like, rooted in, like, 70s R&B type music. Definitely. And so... And, but it's not... But, like, there's not a lot of, like, sampling that, That's what either. I was going to say. So it's it, very, like... It was very different from, like, the last Tyler, the Creator album. Exactly. And that, or and or that, the Mock Homie album. Right. And that both of those year, were, yeah. like all like 70s R&B but it was all from soundtracks yes, and samples and, a lot and stuff of sampling, whereas yeah. like this was like live bands there's like and stuff o- yeah there's almost no samples which on it I thought I was hear, pretty cool yeah. I would love to yeah. see this album played live with that like a full be, jazz that band that would be really cool yeah. right and so and so, um, yeah. this is definitely not my favorite Vince Staples album and yeah. I would not recommend anyone start on this album but I think this is a cool evolution for him as an artist and something mm-hmm. that he's never really approached before uh, I'd like to hear, you know, his his future stuff be a mix of this and his more aggressive, trappier stuff. But like sure. having followed this artist, I thought this album was really cool. It was a good yeah. switch up for him, although it's definitely not my favorite. I give it a solid yeah, seven out of ten. Run on. Yeah, I mean that's that's I'm gonna give it the same rating, yeah. basically. Like that's where I'm at with it too. And, I I listened to it and I was like I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh because like you know, the last few hip hop records that we've talked about have definitely been very much in that, like, very sample heavy, very, like, you know, nostalgia glasses kind of vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not necessarily old school, but, like, they're definitely, like, looking back at the past and, and sampling a lot of older songs. Very, yeah. like, um, very honestly, those past records that we talked about were very down tempo sort of and, records and also, as well. And so it was surprising right. to me that this is also very down tempo. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising but, because, uh, Vince Staples is very closely connected with two of the former rap artists we've talked about. Um, he has gone on basically every single major tour that uh, 
Tyler, the creator, has done, okay, including his most recent one. And he has also always been friends with uh, Earl Sweatshirt and okay. like pretty much the whole Odd Future crew. Yeah. So, you know, he's been in orbit of those bands and, um, you know, Bad, Bad, Not Good yep. and stuff yep. like that for quite a long time. And so thematically, yeah. that whole, I, the whole West Coast is kind of thematically going that way, I think. I, I feel like that, I mean, that has to be evidenced by what we've talked about already. Yeah. Not that we are reviewing every major hip-hop album, but it definitely seems like that. So it was, like, both surprising and not surprising to me because I was like, oh, okay, this this has, like, a very familiar sound. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, not derivative, but just a familiar sound. Um, And... It was surprising because I was like, oh, okay, there's an, another major... Because I know, I know that this is a major hip-hop artist, mm-hmm. so like, yeah. it was surprising that another major hip-hop artist is making an album in that kind of style. Right. And one thing I found also super impressive and not very much like the norm at all is no one else does a rap verse on this album except for Vince Staples. Oh, wow. There's, there's a couple features, but what? they're like singing. Yeah, because there's that one dude that does the, there, the auto-tune mo- stuff. Yeah, uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah. Yeah, but he just does the chorus on that song. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. And then does. and then Mustard like talks twice on the album, but all of the verses are just Vince Staples, which I think is awesome. To, that, like, is, that is very like mm-hmm. taking charge of your artistic vision. And in as much, uh, really where the album shines the most and where Vince Staples in general shines the most is his lyricism is incredible. Like the way he fits like concepts into his flows and into a beat, I think is just wonderful. And I could listen to anything with him on it just to listen to him mm-hmm. work syllables into a beat because he's so fucking good at it. He's a great storyteller. I I always make this mistake of not reading the lyrics while I'm listening so to a hip hop album. I actually I uh, spent the entire time after like the third song. I'm like I just need to go to genius.com and like yeah, click I, on I, everything because there were a lot of times yeah. where I couldn't quite understand what was being said and that that's okay that's that's par for the course with me yeah. when it comes to hip-hop so like it's not it's not a criticism of this album or this mm-hmm. artist but like i definitely struggled to under to follow some of the songs like Fair. from a storytelling perspective mm-hmm. as a result i feel like i missed out on a lot of you what definitely makes did, the album strong because it, you know it, it, like oh. lyricism is so important in hip-hop possibly more important than anything else yeah and uh and kind you know. of in as much, I would definitely compare Vince Staples and both his storytelling and flow to kind of like a modernized version of Nas in a lot of ways. Interesting. Like he, Nas is an incredible storyteller. Nas is an incredible storyteller. And Vince Staples is too. Like Vince That's Staples awesome. tells an incredible story. He takes you on a journey. I mean, some of his songs are super frivolous, but it's a minority of the songs. Nice. Like he's he's usually telling a tale, and I like that. We like that. Yeah, we do. We li- we like it when songs have substance. They're not wasting our time. But anyways, I would uh, I would give this three and a half empty Lacroix cans in the studio out of fair. Well, we we matched up on another one. I love to see it. Love to see it. All right, moving Let's... on. Uh, this is our last main album mm-hmm. for the week. So this is my last pick, or for the month, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. So this is my last pick. And this is Animals as Leaders, uh, fourth album? Yes, fifth, fifth actually. Fifth album, mm-hmm. Parhesia. Yep. Um, Released on March 25th, 2022 on Sumerian Records. I've been a, ban- a fan of this band since 2009. Me too. Proud to say, like, like when, I, they, I remember, when the first album came out. I think you might have showed them Because Monty showed them to me, so I probably showed them to you. No. Um, past guest them. Monty McCleary showed mm-hmm. this band to me. Yeah. Uh, when, you know what's interesting is that funny story about this. Uh, 
I went to Summer Slaughter in 2009, the Summer Slaughter tour. They, had, they played Summer Slaughter tour. They did not. Oh, 2010 then. So, I, yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Oh. Um, but in 2009, Tosin did play, but he was playing guitar. That's right. That's right. For Born of Osiris. That's right. Yeah. So I was I was there. And I, that was also the day I saw a Necrophagist, mm-hmm. R.I.P., um, which was very cool. Love to see Necrophagist. You, you you can't kill a band that's only one person, Spencer. I mean, he's not putting out music, so R.I.P. the band. I mean, it's not over until he's dead. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll hold out hope. We're all yeah. holding out hope for a third Necrophagist album. Yeah. We stand that. Um, anyways, so when Born of Osiris was playing, Monty, who I just met at the time, was like, yo, have you heard Animals as Leaders? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? He's like, that guy right there. His name's Toast Nabasi. He has this mm-hmm. other band called Animals as Leaders that's fucking awesome. You should check him out. I'll show him to you. So he did. And I was like, holy shit, this album's incredible. I got obsessed with that album. Yeah. I listened to it. I've listened to that first album Easily more than 200 times. Easily. Like, that album is yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah, I listened to that one a bunch. Uh, I will say, though, because uh, fucking Carving Desert Canyons came out kind Ooh. of around the same time, I listened wow. to that one way Scale more. Wow, Scale the Summit. Scale that the Summit. Because they, yeah. they were kind of doing a very similar thing at the time. Sort of. I mean, like, Scale the Summit, a lot more major chords, a lot and more like, melodic. Just, just, and just like not as genty. Pro- progressive leads. Yeah, yeah. yeah not. I this mean, was before gent, though, even became a thing. Nobody, I mean, nobody was calling. Yeah, it I was going to say the before, time. before the phrase. Yeah. Although I remember the phrase "gent" being around in 2010 when I saw Mashuga. Yeah. So, but yeah. this was two, 2009 was when. The okay. So, okay. so it was it was kind of before that became a major. I, I thing. think my uh, my camera's uh, doing a doing, doing a funny. Oh wait, no, uh, no. It's been a little funny. Don't so, worry about it. We'll, okay. You, your audio is still good. Well. Uh, yeah. Reset it. Um, so. So, anyways, uh, I've been a fan of this band for a very long time, mm. and uh, I really, really liked their 2014 album. Uh, I whose name is escaping me right Something now. Something in Air, or was that? No, not. No, you're thinking of Cynic. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, are you talking their third album? The, the Joy of Motion. There Sorry. you go. Joy, the Joy of Motion, Motion and which that is was, a killer album. Yeah, their third uh, album. And so. Um, that was done by the same producer of this album, which is Misha Mansour from Periphery. So Misha Mansour is listed as a producer, but he is not listed as an engineer. Interestingly, mm-hmm. this album was engineered by the guitar player, Javier Reyes, Interesting. who also engineered their previous album. So he mixed both this album and their 2016 album, Did, The Madness of Many. Didn't uh, fucking Tara from... Um Nothing Less Forever say she dated him for a while or something like Holy that? Holy shit, I don't remember that. But yeah, or she, she was good friends with him. Yeah, she's definitely mm. friends with Javier, though. So this album, I, so long story short, progressive metal, instrumental, mm-hmm. lots of jazz influence, lots of fusion influence. Lots of gent. Uh, I guess. Very, very this band, staccato. This band came very around before staccato. gent. You could call the, what they're doing gent adjacent, but I wouldn't call them a gent band. They are a progressive band that has a lot of gent elements. Sure. And is beloved by the gent community. This is correct. Um, um, that being said, I feel like they have a broader reach than a lot of those bands. Yeah. You know, considering, I mean, if somebody but, like, I mean, they're, they're instrumentally just much better than any gent band in existence. Uh, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. Incredible guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Tosin Abasi is just an absolute wonder. They're, they're both incredible. Guitar. Yeah, no, yeah, Honestly, he's, he's incredible uh, too, yeah. So, so I looked up like the credits and basically what they do now is um, Javier Reyes plays most of the bass parts. Yes, correct. Um, whereas Tosin Abasi does more of the upper neck stuff. So I actually think on this album, for the most part, Javier Reyes does more interesting stuff than Tosin Abasi. Well, we we don't know exactly what the split is on that. We don't. However, he's credited with playing the bass parts, which are all played on guitar. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. about that. Um, 
But yeah, I uh, this album is, in my opinion, stronger than the their 2016 album, The Madness of Many, mm-hmm. but not as strong as The Joy of Motion. There are some really interesting songs here, some really interesting ideas. Um, mm-hmm. I have a major criticism about this album, though. What's that? I fucking hate the mix on this album. I absolutely despise it. I think that it is a, a shame. It does not do the album justice. It sounds terrible what, what in don't my you like car. About it? The drums are way too loud. The guitars are too quiet. How can you have a guitar-centric album where the guitars are too quiet? Honestly, what is happening? I only listened to it on headphones, and the 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 mix was really good. So I've listened to it four times. I've oh. listened to it once in my car, mm. uh, twice in headphones, and once on my Bluetooth speaker. No. It sounds terrible in all three of those. Um, really? I I just really I mm. think that the mix is really poor, hmm. and I feel like it really it for myself personally it really took a significant enjoyment out of my listening of it listening to it like mm-hmm. i really like the music i really think that there's some cool musical ideas and the songs aren't too long i don't feel like they overstay their welcome who i, the I would kind of disagree with that the songs are all about five minutes long and when sure. you're doing instrumental music like unless you're doing something absolutely crazy or something super beautiful and melodic that's like catchy mm-hmm. I lose interest fast, which is why, okay. like, when it comes to instrumental music, I'm more interested in a band kind of more like a dysrhythmia than... Sure. Than they're, they're much more technical band. Much more technical. Who, dysrhythmia? Yeah. I mean... D- Nah, I mean, it's a different kind of technical. You're right. So, it's a different kind of technical. So it's like what, the, it's like di- the dysrhythmia like, is so much better. It's like at, a chord solo versus a like sweeping solo. Exactly. You know what I mean? and, so, and so dysrhythmia like does the, they're so much better at like counter harmony, which is their big strength. Whereas, like I don't know, I I like what Animals is leaders is doing. At the same time, um, I don't think they've really done anything new for like the past eight years. This album does sound very familiar. It does. It does. And so it's like that 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 brings in the question is like at what point do progressive bands stop being progressive, right? Because like, and this, they, I don't want this to sound super anti this album. I do no. like this album quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I, I think that like that question that you raise, like, it's or the question I raised, like. When do progressive bands stop being progressive? I would argue that Mashuga is no longer a progressive oh, band. Oh, not at they all. They have not been for no. decades. And at the same time, yeah, and there, point, there like, are songs on here that, like, uh, track two, Monolith, mm-hmm. literally sounds like Liquid Tension Experiment. Interesting. Like, like everything, even the mix sounds like Liquid Tension Experiment. I've never Experiment. listened to that band. Well, actually, they're, no, I have, but it's been fine. a long time. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're good instrumental prog. At the same time, they're basically just like fucking Dream Theater without James Labrie, mm. which is a better version of Dream Theater. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. still, like, yeah. eh. Yeah. No, I feel and it. And so it's, um, yeah, uh, it's a great question. Like, when does prog stop becoming prog? And... I, I'd say this album I, is as progressive as Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> um, like this is a this is a very good instrumental metal album, mm-hmm. uh, and it is a very good. It is a very solid Animals as Leaders album. Yeah, I don't think it's a pr- very progressive album, but there are some incredible guitar playing. Oh yeah, on this it's, like it's definitely a guitarist album. Very good drumming. I, I really yeah. like the drumming as well. Yeah. Um, but like I think that the mix really does it uh, uh, does it bad. And, like I, I feel like it could be so much better. And I will say, um, music like this, the huge drawback to it is it's really only interesting to other musicians. 
Which is well, fine. That, like, you know, I used to think that too. And mm. then a guy that I met at work who does not play music is a huge fan of this band because and he it, just... So check it out. His his introduction to this band, he started following the drummer on YouTube and then became a fan of this band and like doesn't play music and is no. like, oh yeah, the band's and tight. That, that's fine. And but, I'm like, all but that, right, that's, that's an, an interesting... That's yeah. an extreme it's an outlier. Edge case. Extreme yeah. outlier. Uh, like, for sure. Every fan of this band I've ever met basically is a is, guitarist. Is a, is a musician. Yeah. In, basically in just a guitarist. But... <laughs> I know some drummers that like this band. Yeah, okay. I don't. But, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't even know any bassists that like this band because it's, well, it's not a bassist band. It's not really a bassist band. No. no. no if, if, I, if I if I want this kind of music, but like you know, with I'll just listen to like Behold the Octopus or something. You know? Oh, that's a what a band. Yeah, what a band. What a band. But anyways, you know. Speaking of what a band. No, <laughs> no we're gonna get to fucking that shit. Uh, so um, overall, I give this one a six and a half out of ten. It's uh. It's super competent. It just mm-hmm. is kind of more the same, just faster, which is cool. Sure. I, I want either some vocal elements to appear or them to explore more genres or maybe, I don't know, a fucking keyboardist or something. There's so many mm-hmm. paths they could go down to reinvent themselves. And since they've been kind of playing the same thing for the past 13 years, I kind of mm-hmm. need them to reinvent themselves or I'm just not interested in what they're doing anymore. That's a fair criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my perspective, I I just, I really like everything this band puts out. So I generally tend to listen to their albums quite a few times mm-hmm. regardless. And I'm happy with more of the same to yeah. a certain extent. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent. I, I do feel that fatigue that you're talking about though. They have released a lot of albums that do sound very, very similar. And I would love to hear them do something different. I think that they have enough ta- raw talent to be doing yeah. things that are different, so that would be nice. Or, you know what could also be amazing is if for one of their albums, one of them just played bass. Yeah. That could be cool. That could be cool. You know? Yeah. Um, or, you know, get the fucking... Get that bass player from Animosity. Get that dude on this. You know what I'm talking about? That dude's on. That dude shreds hard. He's on like all those progressive metal albums. Yeah, or uh, get Forrest, dude. Forrest could oh, make this album. Oh yeah, out. yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, dude, hell that'd yeah. Be so sick. Anyways, yeah. Regardless of those facts, it is a very solid Animals as Leaders album. It ranks up there with the rest of their albums. Um, it's a solid entry for the band. I would give it a solid 3.5 eight string guitars out of five uh listen to it hopefully it sounds okay on your system you know it's hopefully it's not just me that hates you know, the mix it, but it, it sounded good to me but i always prefer it when the guitars are mixed back because you can always hear the guitars just See, fine no matter how far they're mixed back. i agree to a certain like, point it's just the drums were so loud that i was like i just want to hear what the guitar player is doing like this is a guitar album like the drums don't need to be so loud that's fair but anyways, that's me. Um, it's still tight. You should still listen to it, probably, if you like this band. Um, yeah, but we, kind of unfortunately, there is more. <sighs> we have one more album to talk about, an album I hate you for making me listen to. <sighs> I didn't make you. You did it of your own volition. You you agreed to do this, Spencer. I suppose I did. So our final album of the week is Red Hot Chili Peppers Unlimited Love, released on April 1st, 2022. April Fool's Day. Uh-huh. April Fool's Day. I didn't listen to this I'm album. I'm a fool for listening you to this are, album. You are, because it's an it's April Fool's joke. I didn't listen to it at all. Oh, I hate you so much. I'm just kidding. I, listen, I hate you so I much I listen right to now. all. I hate you even making that joke. I, I listen to all. One hour, hour and 13 minutes, minutes and 16 seconds. Now, I, I, I want to play a game with you, Spencer. Tell me. Is this... Shorter or longer than Load by Metallica? 
Uh, shorter? How longer. Many, how many minutes do you think it's shorter or longer by? One minute longer. It is actually five minutes less. Damn it. Uh, do you think this album is shorter or longer than Metallica's Reload? Oh, uh, shorter uh, by 10 minutes. Shorter by three minutes. Ah. Reload is actually two minutes shorter than Load, which I didn't know. I thought Reload was longer for some reason. but They're both too long. So, so something that's interesting, uh, uh-huh. uh, sorry, for, quick aside. Uh, yeah. So Metallica actually, mm-hmm. um, those uh, both those albums were kind of cutting edge because for the longest time, CDs could only fit uh, 72 and a half minutes worth of music. Yeah. But they used like upgraded uh, compression technology and like basically like writing all the way out to the edge of the CD in order to fit almost 80 minutes on load. And that was like the longest CD at the time it was released. There was not a double album. No. Well, so uh, yeah, I, uh... this one was produced by Rick Rubin again. Rick Rubin came back. Um, wow. He produced basically all their albums between Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic, and um, I'm With You, which was their 2011 album. Uh-huh. Uh, only one of their modern albums has been done by a different producer, and that was their last one with Danger Mouse. Yeah. Uh, we love Rick Rubin as a producer, but I you can't guess. you can't polish a turd th- enough. Uh, yeah, and this album is a fucking turd. I hated this album. It was fucking miserable. It was a miserable experience. And like, I okay, let me let me just say this: before listening to this, I was not a person who would go around saying I hate Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I would make I, fun um, of them. Yeah, sure, whatever. But they wrote some decent songs that I thought were okay when I was young, and like. They were one of those bands that was around when I was learning to play guitar and like, eh, you know, whatever. I don't have strong feelings either way. However, mm-hmm. after listening to this album, I can safely say I fucking hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So this album was 19 tracks. Yep. And I, uh, oh, it was 17 tracks. Oh me. no, I added two twice. So now okay. 17, 17 tracks. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I added, it's only natural and she's a lover twice. Uh-huh. Um, so, oh, God. So, like, the best I can say about this album is there are some decent to good bass lines. There are some very good bass lines in here. Flea actually kills it on this album. Um, eh, no, there Flea, are some songs that Flea, are okay. Flea does very well on this album. If anybody else around him was playing anything mildly interesting, oh. some of the stuff could be cool. Like It could be. Uh, like, there's a, a part on a, uh, track three, Aquatic Mount Dance, which is a fucking terrible song. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's a cool bass line, and Flea also plays trumpet on it. And there's it, no and guitar cool. on that song. That's true. Yeah. Uh, because the whole mm-hmm. time... Um, John Fisquante is playing synth. And John Fisquante actually plays a bunch of synth on here. And it should be mentioned, this is his first album back with them since uh, 20, 2009 or something like that. Interesting. I think the last album he played with them was Stadium or Kate. No, I, the one before Stadium. I think Arcadia. that the, yeah. So here's, okay. Here's yeah. the thing. Here are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is a an album with some pretty good bass lines yep. and not much else. And also some extremely irritating and extremely shitty vocals. Terrible vocals. Absolutely the, fucking terrible the vocals. Dr- the drums on this album, I mean, they don't need Chad they, Smith. They're they don't fine. need Chad Smith. Yeah. He he plays four fills in 17 <laughs> songs. Four fills yeah. in 17 yeah. songs. When, he just when, plays in the pocket the entire when, album. When I say this album is bare fucking bones, mm-hmm. it is bare fucking bones. It, it, seriously, Most songs are just like a four-to-the-floor drum beat and a decent bass line. Yeah. And then Anthony Kiedis saying terrible 
stupid Literally, things. I, I feel like the way they wrote this album is Flea just wrote a bunch of bass lines mm-hmm. with very simple drum tracks. Then everyone else came and fleshed them out into terrible fucking songs. Like, the only thing John Fusquante does on this album that's interesting is synth parts and occasional vocals. His guitar parts are 90% just um, playing uh, seventh chords on three strings above the 12th fret. It's all... So, so track uh, 11, Bastards of Light, yeah. does have some pretty decent guitar parts in it. But that is the only song where I wrote a note that says, hey, the guitar parts are kind of cool. Every other song, I'm like, this guitar part sucks. Or this guitar part is boring. Like most of it, it doesn't suck. It's just super boring. Yes. And but like, and it's lazy too. It's, it's super lazy. It, like the it, whole thing feels lazy. It's, like these like, songs are too simple, it's, but they it's don't. It's so formulaic. It's they, just but 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 and then a big like singing chorus. About 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 it So I'm like, this dude, is shut the fuck. So this up. is an album where, like, the songs are simple and it's to their detriment mm-hmm, because 100%. like. It just feels so weak. It feels it like so lazy. And the songs are so simple and so boring mm-hmm. that it's just like it is very hard to be invested in this album. The thing that really like pissed me off, though, and the reason why I texted you in the middle of the night and I was like, fuck Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> the thing that pissed me off were the fucking lyrics. Like the goddamn yes. lyrics are so stupid. It's like, all I about cannot, California. There's, I cannot overstate how dude, stupid it is. There was one song where he's like rapping. He's like, "Told me to catch this wave." I said, to "Come and get you." I'm like, "Dude, shut the fuck up, dude." Track five, uh-huh. Poster Child, oh, is literally. We didn't start the fire. Yeah, I was gonna but say. Shitty. I was gonna say because he just talks about like things from the '80s and shit, and mm-hmm. and I I wrote. Uh, yes, I wrote, we didn't start the fire, fucking hate this. Yes, I wrote- is all I wrote. I wrote, this is, we didn't start the fire, but somehow more bad and, t- more, sorry, bu- somehow more boring and terrible. Yeah, so the like, best song on the entire album, in my opinion, is uh, These Are The Ways, track nine, I think. Um, yeah. And it, it, it just, it doesn't really sound like Red Hot Chili Peppers. It kind of sounds like an Iggy Pop and the Stooges song. I, you know what it I was kind of garagey, which was cool. You like, know what I wrote for worked. that song? Yeah. I wrote the least cringe so far. Bingo. It's like, yeah. the, it's the only song. It's the only song where I like, didn't cringe from yeah. the lyrics and didn't hate the guitar part and like didn't. Yeah. It was like, it was fine. This is an okay flea album, but everyone else sucks. Holy shit. Everybody else sucks. Yeah, dude. Like it would have been better. Honestly, if they had put this out as an instrumental album, I actually, yeah. I honestly probably would have liked it a and lot like, more. The, the mix was fine, but the production it's was boring. So, so Clean. It's so, so clean. It was so tools. boring. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, just so like. Yeah, which is these weird. are isolated tracks. Mm-hmm. They are all recorded separately from each other. It doesn't sound like this is a band playing in a room. This doesn't even sound like it's a band. This sounds like this is tra- these are tracks recorded individually by members without hearing the other parts. Mm-hmm. Like this is. This sounds like every single person recorded their parts to a metronome. Yep. And like didn't hear the rest of the song until it was done. Mm-hmm. Like it is the most disjointed and like just bland sounding pop album I think I may have ever heard. And the only person who plays any kind of fills or anything outside of like the norm at any point is Flea. Flea. Yep. He's the only person who actually like plays anything. He's in the, the real MVP for this because he's he the only person I didn't hate. And honestly, like, like Flea has always been the MVP of Red Hot Chili Peppers. He seems like a decent dude. He seems cool, and he's he's talented at what he does. Oh, I mean, he's very talented. I mean, the readers of 
Bass Player Magazine recently, last month, voted him, quote, the greatest bass player to ever live. Bass player's really gone downhill. <laughs> like, 20 years ago, it would have been Vic Wooten. 25 years ago, it would have been Jocko. Like, yeah. And now they're saying Flea? Yeah. I mean, he's fine. Like... I'm a, I'm a fan of Flea's acting more than his yeah, bass play. Flea is good, but no, like, I'm joking. I mean, like, I'm about as good He's, as Flea. It, like, my, and like, my, I'm not great. Like, the best bass line Flea ever played was uh, Back to the Future 2. I didn't know he played that one. No, he's in Back to the Future 2 oh, as an actor. Oh, I see. That's the joke. Oh. <laughs> okay. He plays one of the punks in like the I, cyber future. I say it's Danny California. Oh. <laughs> no, I hate that song. Yeah, that song sucks ass. There's a lot of songs that suck in this song. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this album. Yeah, so fuck this yeah, album. album. Yeah, fuck this album. It's, for it's, real. it's not for me, and it's really not for anyone except for it's Golden. A, no, it's not. I kept thinking that no. the whole time. I'm like, this is an album for no one. No one. Like, what person listens to this and is like, yes, this is good. I would like to listen to more of this. This like, no one. No one this would is do a, that. This is an album for like uh, surfers with brain damage and retarded golden retrievers whoa whoa what dogs no no <laughs> this this out th that's doing dogs a disservice and the developmentally disabled come on this is a this album the, the dog developmentally disabled <laughs> okay uh no this this album this album is for this album is for like doctors over 50 this album is for like suburban dads that want to get out uh, for, of dealing with the kids for a couple of days, so they take their wife or girlfriend to this, go see Red Hot Chili Peppers. This, this is an album to snort Viagra to. Yes, it is. Yeah, this is like so much of. There's so many tongue-in-cheek like I have sex lyrics, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh my god, uh, especially so cringe. Uh, aquatic mouth dance. I think is about Ugh. eating pussy or some dumb shit. Uh, the fucking yeah. Uh, what was that song? Um, uh, white braids and pillow chair. He he says the word pussy willow. Oh yeah, in a really creepy way. In a really creepy, yeah. cringy way, and I'm like, shut the fuck up, Anthony Kiedis. No one wants to hear about your 58 year old fucking sunburnt dick. Dude, I w I said, ugh, <laughs> and shut up. Yeah. So many times while listening to this, like, I have never, I have, I can't think of another album that has made me this angry. By by lyrics alone, like mm. the lyrics are just—I cannot overstate—they're no. terrible. I, like, like it is. This is An worthless. Anthony Kiedis, like, he's he's fine as a vocalist, I guess. I don't like his aesthetic or like how he uses his voice. Like the way he, oh god, like uh, sings into tonality and also has like a lisp on everything just bothers the shit out of me. Like I don't hate his vocals. Like they're, I think that they're, they're fine. Fine. It's they just fit the music. The band, but that's the problem. Is the they fit the band, and the yeah. band is stupid. Yeah, they could be so much better. <laughs> yeah. Like, Flea is clearly good. Yeah. Like, Chad Smith doesn't want to be there. No. Yeah. John Frusciante is barely there. Yeah. So, like, just, you know, get a new bass player and guitarist, get a keyboardist, fire fucking Anthony Kiedis, mm -hmm. and start making, like, instrumental music like Bad, Bad, Not Good, and they'd be a killer band. But, like... Yeah, but then they don't, like, clean up millions of dollars playing to fucking, like, six-year-old women who still want to have sex with them. doctors. Yeah. This is a doctor album. This is an album for people with money. This is an album for people that, like, like balk at raising the minimum wage. Like, this is an album. This is a PMC album. 
this professional al- this, managerial class. This is an album that Christian mothers have no problem recommending for their kids to listen to. Like, yeah, much more than Californication because they're like, well, that says fornication. This one's about love, like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is an album for people to take the Bible seriously. Uh, yeah, this one gets a two and a half out of ten for me. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, this album that's gets generous. one drug overdose out of five child predators. Uh, okay, fair enough. Re- uh, yeah, well, wait, what was what did I text? You said real harmful child predators. Yeah, that's what RHPC stands for. Uh, yep, yep, definitely it does. Fuck that band. Fuck this album. <laughs> I hated it. Don't yeah, listen to it. Don't. Yeah, and if you do, consider um, suicide. If you're going to listen to a Red Hot Chili, Spe- Chili Peppers album, listen to Freaky Styly. Yeah, or honestly, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic for their one of their popular albums is pretty pretty all right. It's pretty all right. But but their their first like three albums are so much better. They're they're raw. They're garage. They're weird raw. Weird raw funk. Or music. actually, you know what? Uh, up, uh, Uplift Mofo Party Plan is what I'd recommend. Super funky. I've never even listened to that. Uh, really? That one's uh, that was the one that was um, uh, produced by George Clinton. So it's super cool. Oh yeah. Super funky. We love we love George Clinton. Um, but anyways, hey, that was it. We caught up to music. That's music in 2022, Brit. In April. In April. In March. You chose a lot of March stuff, Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We're we're not always going to be right on it. Right well, on maybe, it. Maybe you aren't, but I am. Yeah. All of my stuff was April. Well. So. The James Zoo album was April. That's so. fair. You got one out, one out of three. One out of three, baby. One out of three ain't bad. Uh, that's like that's like having just one finger in a bowling ball, baby. Yeah. One out of three. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I really liked uh, this. This This is a wild this, wild month. A lot interesting of cool month stuff. in music. Definitely. Um, out of the albums we listened to, I would... Uh, Probably recommend the wet leg one the most. Um, also, the Carpenter Brute, very good. Uh, the sure. other ones, all all tolerable except for Red Hot Chili Peppers, obviously. And uh, if you're into weird shit, the James Zoo is an interesting fucking challenge. It is quite a challenge. Yeah. It's very strange. It's um, definitely the most interesting thing we listened to this week. Definitely, good or bad. Yep. Um, yeah, good or bad, it is the most interesting, for sure. Uh, I, I'm going to give uh, Analepsy, Quiescence, my album of the month, because mm-hmm. I like that band a lot, and I think that's a super solid album from them. It's rad, uh, but not without its own flaws. So, you know, listen to that, or don't. I don't if care. You're, if you're into slam metal, that's yeah, a good you'll, album. You'll if you're like not, it. don't listen to it. Yeah, it's not probably, for you. It's not for you. <laughs> yeah. It's very much for fans of it's made it's an album for the fans. It's it for it the is fans of it, the genre. it's a slam a, a slam guys slam album. Definitely, definitely. Well, I've been Spencer. And I have been Britain Ryan Straw. You've been listening to Getting Music and April, April Cast. Cast. April? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>